for April 22nd, 2015. This is episode 18 of the PHP Roundtable. Today's short topic of discussion is the F8 2015 Facebook Developer Conference and the new PHP SDK. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. Let's talk about F8. F8 is the Facebook Developer Conference, and this year it was held in San Francisco, California on March 25th and 26th. So we originally had planned on doing a live recording from F8, but the planets did not align, unfortunately, and uh, it was the first ever failed attempt at doing a live recording of the PHP Roundtable at an event. And thus, this is the Afterglow episode. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about our experience at F8 and some of the new stuff that Facebook announced. And we'll also be looking at the new Facebook PHP SDK version 4.1 and probably talk a little bit about where it could go for 4.2. So with that in mind, let's meet our panel. And in no particular order, we have Fosco Morado, and he is the developer advocate or a developer advocate at Facebook who works on PARS and manages the PHP SDKs. Welcome, Fosco. Thanks for having me, Sammy. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And also, uh, Nathan Stokes is a web developer at High Five Games in New York. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's talk a little bit about um, our experience. Like, what was the F8 experience like for you guys? And I know you had different um, different roles. I know Fosco gave a talk and everything like that. So, um, Nathan, what, what was it like as a developer just to kind of experience the F8 fun? So, yeah, this was actually uh, my second F8. So it was kind of interesting to be able to compare the two. Um, I think it's an incredible event. It's It's super classy. Uh, everything just seems to be so well done, well crafted, um, you know, plenty of marketing behind it. Uh, it just feels really great. I don't, I don't go to a ton of conferences, but it's, this is definitely on a level. Uh, F8 is a, a really fun event. Yeah, for sure. That, what was it? Did you guys, um, did, what was it like for like kind of just walking through and experiencing the, the, the ambiance? Like what, what were kind of the sights, sights and smells that you experienced, <laughs> so to speak? Uh, well, I, I, the location was amazing. It was at Fort Mason, and that's right next to the marina, or I don't know if it's actually part of the marina or, or how that all lays out, but um, very close to the water, like a great view. So, you know, as you're going in and out of the different buildings, um, you know, it's like super sunny with great view of the water, uh, just really added to, you know, the feeling of cruising around and just enjoying, like, meeting developers and, and experts in various aspects of of the Facebook platform, um, it, you know, just a really, really good vibe. Uh, much more open than it was last year. Last year was, uh, you know, most of it was indoors and you're going between the talks. So the, the whole transition between the talks was indoors. This being like outdoors and being super sunny, it was just, it was a whole other kind of feeling to it. It really added to the experience. Yeah, that was cool. So Fosco, what it was like as a speaker? Nerve wracking? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was uh, primarily focused on on getting on preparing for the talk. Um, I was running behind on that quite a bit. I definitely focused on um, hanging out at the Parse booth, talking to people about Parse, answering a lot of questions, and uh, working with Christine to get ready for our talk. The venue is absolutely incredible, as Nathan said. Uh, right outside the door to uh, our talk was um, 
just standing there and looking at the Golden Gate and watching the water. That was great. Um, the whole the whole thing is incredible. Our event staff is just unbelievable. The amount of money <laughs> and custom built features and everything that they build for for a Facebook event is really remarkable. Yeah, I mean it was it was incredible just to think um, walking through all that stuff like what this all this stuff is just like temporary it's hard to imagine like it was so well built and all these crazy designs and lights everywhere and it was just like it just felt like high-end craziness which mm -hmm. of course i guess facebook will will spend money on so that's awesome um and actually at the end right we uh we had we had a little after party and there was a giant hill so we got a little workout going on there where we walked up a hill for about 30 minutes i think um, <laughs> it is San Francisco after all. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> I was sweating. Um, but I got a sweet, um, jacket, F8 branded jacket. Nathan, you got one too, right? Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. They're, they're these Patagonia jackets with down in them. They were part of the, uh, just thanks for coming kind of package. So some swag from some Facebook, which is sweet. But anyway, good stuff. Good, good food. Lots of, uh, dead mouses there. Um, yeah, I met yeah, the. That was definitely a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> or as I like to call them, Dead Mouth Five. <laughs> Dead Mouth Five. <laughs> True that. So I actually was actually walking around trying to meet other web developers, and the thing is, like, I couldn't meet, I couldn't find any. Like, they were all like native mobile developers, because I feel like Facebook's really pushing the mobile scene pretty hardcore. So most of the developers there seem to be uh, mobile. Is that is that kind of like I guess that's kind of Facebook's focus right now, right, Fosco? I think overall that's that's where everything is going. Yeah, because there was a lot of platforms that were mentioned. Uh, our new platforms, like the the Messenger platform, right? That's like a new a new thing. Yeah, Messenger platform is pretty interesting. Uh, it's going to foster a whole new ecosystem of apps that um, help you just get content directly into Messenger. And, uh, you know, Giphy was one of the, the big uh, launch partners for that. So basically, in, in Messenger, you can just send Giphy's, right? Like little animated GIFs to, and develop yeah. other apps on the platform? There's a, yeah, there's almost a, there's like a whole app store in there, basically, where you can discover uh, different Messenger-enabled apps and uh, link to the app store to download them. And then you have the ability to access those apps like directly in messenger and send things out yeah it looks really cool i haven't played with it much nathan have you played with it uh no not a ton but just seeing some of the demos I, it's going to make the app so much more fun i think yeah. people, people are going to be drawn to it a lot more and the the way that they opened it up for direct communication with uh, businesses is a very interesting thing from from that side as well so combining something that will be much more fun and, and friendly as as a consumer using the app uh, but also as like a consumer for other brands that want to like come in and have a much more personal communication with with their uh, their customers. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing how that progresses. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Fosco, you were mentioning some stuff, some new stuff at Pars, which I got the Pars shirt. I'm rocking it today. Uh, what, what's going on? What is what is Pars first of all, and then what what what's kind of the stuff that you guys were talking about? Okay, well, if you're not familiar with Pars, it's a backend as a service platform. It's um, if you're building an app, normally you have to build the front end and the back end, uh, all your databases and servers and architecture. And uh, Parse can handle all or most of that for you. 
Um, so we have lots of mobile SDKs, but we uh, have also uh, joined the server side uh, area with uh, a Node.js SDK and uh, the PHP SDK, which I uh, built and manage. Um, <clears throat> so at F8, we launched a few new things. Uh, we got into the IoT field with some embedded SDKs. Um, and we started to open our platform up, which is where things are going to get really exciting. Um, we have always offered this ability to write like database triggers or cloud functions where you write some code and send it to us and we run it for you on our systems. Um, but now we're giving you the ability to write your code in any language uh, because ours was in JavaScript. Um, but now we have cloud code webhooks so you can write your own system in whatever language you like, host it somewhere, and give us the URL basically to hit for these different events, and we will let you know. We will call you, and you will tell us what to do. Um, that's really just the start of us opening this platform up and allowing you to like plug in different pieces. It's going to be it's going to get very cool. Nice. Now I know it's primarily focused on. Um, having a back-end service basically for native mobile development. But if I had just like a, say like a front-end that I had developed out with JavaScript that needed a back-end, could I use parts for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you could even host it. Uh, we do hosting as well. So you could host the website on parse and use like the front-end JavaScript uh, SDK to access your data. Uh, you could do like an Express.js uh, website on parse as well. Nice. So Fosco, I have a question about, uh, I guess, some of the use cases. So obviously, Parse is much more than this, but as far as like just the notifications piece, do you have you seen anybody integrate just that portion of it? Just because notifications is kind of just a challenging thing to tackle uh, when developing mobile apps? Yeah, absolutely. We have quite a few very large customers that just use us for push. The yeah. the whole service is, is very a la carte, and our you know our price, especially in the push area, just can't be beat. A, a million. 1 million unique devices per month for free. Yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges is the cost for sure. Yeah, so yeah, we've had a lot of people use us just for push or just for analytics or just for our user account system. Um, it's definitely very open to, to pick and choose different services. On the analytics side, how does it cross over with the uh, announcement of your new analytics platform that's replacing Insights? Are those like connected yet? Do you guys have plans for that? Uh, they are a little different, and I heard someone give a better answer for that. But uh, I actually haven't personally looked too much at Facebook's analytics, um, so I am not sure. Hmm. So I, I know uh, there was a big focus on mobile stuff, and and PARS just plays into that big time. But there was also another big focus um, at F8 on virtual reality. And this whole um, this whole Oculus company. So, did you guys do the 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 big um, demo where you could go into that room and experience the the big? I can't remember what it was called. The the something Bay demo. The Crescent Bay is yes. the is the newest prototype for for Oculus, and it is uh, it is pretty incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of Oculus. Um, I was actually uh, I ordered the the previous prototype about a week before Facebook acquired them, 
Uh, nice. I, had no, I had no idea that they were going to uh, going to acquire them. Um, but I'm a big fan. I, I love the Oculus hardware. It's pretty incredible. Everyone I show it to is amazed. <clears throat> and yeah, the Crescent Bay is a really uh, a really good improvement. Uh, and the demo that they have been showing at all these different events is it's non-interactive, but it's extremely extremely cool. Did you? I guess so. That I guess it means you've done it then. <laughs> you've you've experienced it. Yeah, I, I did it not at at F eight, but I did it at GDC. Nice. Uh, recently. And Nathan, did you did you get that experience as well? No, I, I missed out on that. The line was too Me long too. when yes. I passed by, and then you know I ended up forgetting. There was just so much other stuff going on. Yeah, same here. Like I, I didn't get the experience, but I did get to do a couple of the virtual reality stuff that they had set up. Did you do the teleportation station? Um, yeah, that was kind of cool too. So they had this thing set up to where there was this camera that had like a 360 view um, at Facebook HQ, and you could put on this um, this headset and just kind of look around Facebook HQ, just look up and down, and it kind of felt like you were there. What was funny is that I would watch people actually do this, and they'd sit there and they tried to like wave frantically at people, and it's like, well, um, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. <laughs> it's kind of funny because you really do feel like you're there. You really do. It's so I, I'm kind of really in, starting to get interested more and more in virtual reality and maybe looking at opportunities in PHP with virtual reality. I don't know if that <laughs> those two will mix, but um, it might. There might be opportunities there. Can you guys think of any PHP slash virtual reality opportunities off the top of your head? <laughs> No, you know, using it as the back end for some system so that, uh, you know, your app calls out to your PHP back end to get something to display in virtual reality. Sure. Yeah, true that. It'll, everything comes back to PHP for sure. <laughs> Do you guys get to see the, the keynote about, like, the virtual reality stuff that everybody was excited about? I thought that was oh, pretty yeah. awesome when he was talking about all the different weird types of perception that we have and and the the cool little exercises that he was he was giving it was it was really interesting yeah absolutely he was talking about he gave a lot of matrix quotes yeah it was heavily matrix driven for sure yeah i like how he's talking about like if what is reality to us if it's just sort of like neurons being fired in the brain electric elect, electrical signals then reality is just the same as virtual reality right like it's kind of the there's it's very hard to distinguish in our brains with the differences Scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so actually, one of the announcements that they had at F8 was the new Graph API version 2.3. And there's a bunch of new features that they added to it, which is pretty cool. Um, and I'm just going to kind of fly through these real quick because um, this is going to just be another, sh just like a quick short episode. And I want to get to the PHP SDK a little bit. But um, they're adding the, uh, this awesome debug mode. Um, to graph API to the graph API, which is really awesome because um, if you've ever developed on the graph API, uh, it, it would sometimes return like a 200 response okay when um, and give you an empty data set when, say, for example, you didn't have permissions to look at something, and so it was very confusing. There's a lot of head scratching going on. So now in debug mode, if you have got that turned on in the graph API, it'll explain um, in the metadata like, oh, you need this permission in order to to actually get this data, which is really cool. Um, Nathan, have you played around with the debug mode at all or any of the new stuff from 2.3 or looked into that stuff? No, I haven't. I think we're set to 2.2 currently, um, just for safety's sake. We, you know, we yeah. didn't want to go the, the full 2.3, just, just to let it iron out any kinks you know, that, that may surface. So we, we went for stability in that regard, but uh, very soon we'll be looking at that. We're actually still on um, 
the SDK uh, 4.0 um, because I, I wasn't even aware of the development of 4.1 until we had already kind of like made the call on integrating the 4.0. So we still have uh, you know some migration to do on that end as well. And we just went through the migration to the uh, Facebook Graph 2.0 uh, upgrade, which was kind of a major overhaul of some things. So we're taking it in stride, but we'll get there. Nice, yeah. Especially the big jump from 1.0 to 2.0 is pretty pretty yeah. major. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that's actually going to be force upgraded in less than a week. Facebook D-Day, <laughs> April 30th, 2015, which is actually next week. So it's weird. I've been talking about this for a long time. Um, Fosco, what happens on April 30th? <laughs> um, as far as I understand it, uh, <clears throat> all calls that are coming in that are not uh, that will be at least version 2.0, whether you're asking for it or not. So if you're just making a call that's 1.0 or you're making an unversioned call, you will be upgraded forcefully. And if your app breaks, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Call me. You've had a year. Um, yeah, call, <laughs> call Sammy and have him fix your stuff for you, basically. <laughs> Yeah, this is, it's funny because I feel like this is the Y2K. Like I, I was in high school and Y2K was a big deal. And I remember giving a talk in front of everybody being like, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. But this is like a new Y2K where I'm like, basically your Facebook app stuff is going to break if you haven't upgraded it to 2.0 yet. So um, if you're listening and you and you have an old website out there running anything Facebook, there's a good chance that part of it at least might break on in about a week on April 30th, 2015. So um, if it does happen, uh, you'll have to some reading up on graph stuff to do. <laughs> no, call Sammy. call Sammy. Yeah, call me. I do freelance on this stuff, so this is not. I'm not trying to turn this into an advertisement for me, but uh, <laughs> but lots of. I, I'm just really interested in all the graph stuff because um, they also introduced uh, like a really cool um, resumable downloading thing for the video API. Uh, which is kind of cool. So if you use a lot of video, there's like a lot of new video features like video playlists and like actually in, in Facebook itself, you can actually embed Facebook videos now um, from a timeline, which is kind of cool. And like new permissions, there's a new login permissions for published pages. Uh, so instead of requesting like the publish actions permission, which gives you like permission to publish on behalf of the user everywhere, um, you can just, you can narrow it down to just pages, which is really nice. So you don't have to request too many permissions. Um, and, it, and just a bunch of new stuff from Graph, so it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I want to transition to the new Facebook PHP SDK. Woo so, Fosco, you originally wrote, um, rewrote uh, 4.0 from 3, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another coworker and I, David Pohl, uh, he mostly started the design, and then we discussed it and flushed it out. And then uh, I built it, uh, had a little bit of help and uh, launched it. And it's been very interesting running this open source project and, and uh, managing the community. And, and, you know, it's given me a lot of thoughts about open source in general, <clears throat> uh, especially with a project like this. So yeah, we built the PHP SDK, but technically we don't use it, right? Right. Um, you know, it's, our, it's an SDK for consuming our API, but we don't use it. Um, you guys do. Um, so like you and Yassine and everybody else who's contributed, I think we've had like 40. Uh, you guys really know what you wanted to do and, you know, how it, you know, what feels right versus what doesn't. 
And so I've been very open to suggestions you guys are making and very, you know, willing to accept your guys' uh, help. And, you know, 4.1 is evidence of that because it's, it's quite a bit different. Yeah, 4.0 was a huge leap forward from 3 because 3 was just full of bugs and spaghetti string code and just pretty pretty awful. And then 4.0 really modernized it in a big way and pushed it in, a, in the right direction. And and then because you've been so cool about like accepting all these pull requests um, from the community, it's like the community's really pushed it towards um, the exactly what you said, like the way that they wanted to kind of integrate it. And even now, like we're getting new issues all the time of people saying like, Hey, like one recently about open graph and like how, how can we support the open graph protocol and stuff like that. So um, it's really cool. To, I'm excited to see where it will end up going because it seems like it's it's really kind of um, starting to get to the point where it's it's really embracing all the features that Facebook and the graph API have to, to offer. Really, it might be like the like I, I don't know if you guys have browsed around with the AWS SDK, but it, it hits a ton of features um, from there from all of their like APIs and everything. So. I don't know. It'd be cool. So what, what, what insights have you gotten? Like this was your first, was this your first open source project that you've managed? Um, on this scale? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this has now, um, like 450,000 installs just about, uh, yeah, this is a pretty massive project. So yeah, other than that, I had just done some personal toy projects, nothing like that. Right. Well, what, what kind of insights or inspiration have you gotten from this? Um, I think it's, it's more kind of what I said previously, but generalized it's that um, when you open source something, I feel like it's not necessarily yours anymore and that, and that you can't keep such a tight grip. Like right. you, have to, you have to be willing to uh, accept outside uh, influence. And I've seen a lot of stuff that, um, you know, there's someone who says no to everything, basically. The default answer is no to any, you know, pull request or any change or any new ideas. And I really think it's important that when you put something out in the open that you, you start, they, everybody else has a seat at the table now. And that you, you listen to them and, uh, you know, if they use your product more, then you need to, like, you know, do what they want, basically. All right. Yeah, and, and I think the only thing, I mean, like you like you just accept so many pull requests and you say yes to pretty much everything, including PSR4 support. Woohoo! That was the, that's a, that's a big one to kind of get everything PSR compliant. And um, that was, that's pretty cool. I think um, Phil Sturgeon was happy about that one. <laughs> that's cool. um, lots of new stuff, lots of new features in 4.1, um, just like a cleaner, more fluent API, super easy pagination, um, full file, file sub upload support, batch, batch support environment variable fallbacks for your app ID and app secret, um, beta mode support, support for re-requests and re-authentication. And then we also have injectable interfaces. So like you can override how the HTTP client works, for example, or um, persistent storage, like how, how you store sessions in PHP. Like a lot of people use Redis or whatever. You can you can actually configure the SDK to, to, to use your, your web framework's um, session storage, which is really cool. So... Um, lots of really cool features that rolled out with 4.1. So, so working on documentation, right, Fosco? You're gonna, you're like adding that to the developer site. Yeah, I've been having some issues uh, with our developer site, um, and I have, you know, a couple contacts out to uh, people who work on that to try and get that fixed. Because yeah. uh, I almost wish that we could um, put the documentation up on like GitHub pages. 
and, yeah, that'd be and, sweet. and switch to managing it outside of Facebook. I mean, that would give us a couple of benefits. One is that, you know, we could accept pull request changes to the docs and have it just be done. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that would fly internally. Yeah. Or, or even having like a wiki on the repo to just use that. Is that what you were referring to? Um, I guess that would work as well, but there's also, you know, the concept of GitHub pages where you have, uh, uh essentially markdown files, um, that you put in a branch called GH dash pages. Um, and they, uh, you could pick a theme and they will basically render all that stuff for you. Nice. That's cool. Well, definitely let me know if you if you end up getting uh, <laughs> support for that on on Facebook, and because that'd be really sweet. Because in the live, it would have live documentation and community contributed documentation, which is sweet. Which is already actually set up. Fosco added all the documentation to the GitHub repo, so all the documentation for 4.1 is actually in GitHub. You just have to switch to the master branch, and it'll be there. So if you've been yes. waiting to upgrade, that's you can still do it. Yeah, unfortunately, it's in this obscure format. Uh, that is only valid on uh, Facebook's developer site. <laughs> right, the Facebook markup language or Facebook ML or whatever it is, um, but it's still Markdown based, so you can still kind of like if you're familiar with Markdown, it shouldn't be too too crazy, Harry. Different. Um, but I I do want to start wrapping up here just a little bit since this is a short episode, but I want to look um, really quickly at a couple things that we might be able to support for 4.2, and I haven't actually. Um, submitted an official issue on the PHP SDK yet for this. So since Fosco is right here, what do you think about all this stuff? Uh, <laughs> actually, I, we talked about this a little bit at, at F8, but um, adding PSR7 support, um, the new um, kind of messaging interface, um, and I think I think you were kind of open. I mean, you're pretty much open to pretty much everything, except for Simver. I can't get you to, to budge on Simver. <laughs> okay. okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> How can we... Um change course here how can we support semver after at this point with with where we're at uh good question nathan <laughs> well I, I feel like um the at least on github it's branded 4.1 within the actual namespace but uh, as far as composers concerned I, th I think it's uh, a matter of just pointing it to it to um you could still point it to the same repo it'd just be confusing with the the namespace. It, it, it would, I, I think you'd definitely have to talk to um, some people who have done that before. I have never done that. Okay. So. Is, I mean, it's possible to rename a repo, right? I mean, oh, totally. So I, I know, but I don't think GitHub will like automatically redirect um, from the old version. But yeah, I think we can totally rename it. So I'm open to it just because a lot of stuff has, has like piled on and it, you know, it's become an issue. Somebody, you know, complained about um, when we went to 4.0.23 that it, they considered that a breaking change and they felt yes. like that should have been a dot upgrade. Um, so I, I'm open to it and I think we should yeah. talk about it further. If, the, if there's a possibility that we can get on board with Semper, I will, I will, I will do that. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to hold you to that. I'll, I'll quote that. No, yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> No, that's great because uh, that is one of the issues that we're running into is um, just because since it doesn't follow Simver, all the um, we're trying to smush the major and the minor releases, um, or, or I'm sorry, the the patch and minor releases into one dot, <laughs> and it's uh, it's causing a little bit of an issue, especially uh, right now out of the box. Um, there's a, a default graph version 
um, API fallback. And a lot of people are just using that as their fallback for their script. So when the SDK gets updated with just one character change, we just change it from 2.2 to 2.3, it breaks everybody's scripts because um, graph, the graph API is actually a breaking change. So I think uh, in 4.3, Two or, or 5.1 or 6, I don't know, <laughs> depending on which simver we end up taking, um, I want to make sure that um, the default graph version uh, option that you send to the Facebook superclass actually throws an exception if it doesn't exist. That was actually one of the new new things, just because we want them to, we want that to be done programmatically instead of just allowing it to default back. Um, well, anyway, I have a bunch of other stuff here. Um, I'm going to be trying to wrapping it up, but there's um, some some new ideas for renaming things to be a little bit more um, with the domain-driven design approach of this ubiquitous language. You know, so if graph calls something one thing, it should be called that in the SDK. For example, graph object should be graph node, graph list should be graph edge, and things like that, which they're all already on. Um, those that particular issue is already up on on GitHub. Um, but uh, I wanted to give a shout out to, again to Ryan Weaver because he was in the developer shout out, um, the official developer shout out for an episode not too long back. But I learned a lot from his talk um, that he gave at Sunshine PHP. And one of the things that he uh, mentioned is that if you have um, a, an interface that only has one method on it um, or, or something like that, you need to you can just create like a callback or a callable for that. So there's there's actually three of our injectable interfaces. Uh, the client, HTTP client interface, the pseudo random string generator interface, and the UR detection interf interface all have just one method on them. So those could all be just um, straight up uh, call of, or um, uh, closures, like or or anything callable. Like it could be a function, it could be it could be anything. Especially with the um, pseudo random string generator interface, that's going to be a new feature of PHP 7 with random bytes. So it could be, it'd be cool just to have like a little wrapper for that. Um, and all kinds of new, new, new cool things, and I don't know. It's still in refactoring, fun, but it's been fun. It's been fun. I've learned a lot on this process. This is the first major uh, open source project I've ever contributed to, and uh, it was all, it was all because Fosco is such, such an awesome guy, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, so open to pull requests and everything. So, so great job managing that thing, man. Um, I don't know if you get enough thank, thank yous. Thank you. That's a, that's a do like a, you do a great job on that. So does anybody, um, either of you guys have any closing thoughts as we kind of wrap it up on, on just your experience at F8 or anything with PHP SDK or graph or anything like that? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, obviously all the videos are up, so you could kind of have your own experience if you wanted to go watch stuff after the fact. But uh, one talk that I saw, I think it was the last one I saw, was uh, definitely my favorite. It was very developer-centric, and it was the uh, big code talk. And they described the process of rolling code out into production and all the continuous integration and the, the flow of that process. And it's just pretty mind-blowing, like the infrastructure behind running those tests and preparing things for merging into master and then deploying out to this massive cloud. So that's a fun one. Nice. And I would say check out all the parse talks. There's a pretty good uh, string of, of parse talks and, and all the keynotes. It's good stuff. Nice. Yes. I, I I didn't get to see your talk. I was um I think I had some kind of meeting or something during that time or like I ended up not being able to, to make it. So I, I still have to check out the video. Check out Fosco on the stand. <laughs> um. So I always give everybody an opportunity to do like a shameless promotion at the end. Uh, Fosco, do you have anything that you would like to promote? Uh, I do not. I, I have nothing to promote. Sorry. Thanks. No pars or nothing. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
<laughs> doing good. Well, how about you, Nathan? You got anything that you'd like to promote? Uh, nothing personally, but um, I could definitely plug like Laravel 5 being pretty kick-ass. And uh, there's a podcast that I'm obsessed with. It's um, Full Stack Radio. That oh, yeah. Adam Wathen runs that thing. It's, it's, it's obviously like top of my list along with PHP Roundtable. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. So, I don't know. Those are two things that I would definitely have people check out if they weren't already aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I actually just discovered it yesterday, in fact, and I added it to my list, Full Stack Radio podcast, and uh, started listening to uh, the DDD episode um, uh, in my car. So I have got a lot of a lot of catching up to do because I think he's got like 15 episodes already. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And I th- um and Adam is it's Adam. What's his name? Adam Waffen. 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 I think Waffen. it's W-A-T-H-A-N. I think. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he needs to talk to Cal and get it added to the podcast website if it's not already the Cal the Cal Evans PHP podcast website. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Um, our next episode is the business of PHP with Michael Kismol, Gary Hawkin, Yitzhak Rulroth, Matt Stauffer, and we'll be talking about freelancing, running a SaaS, running a web dev web dev shop, hourly rates versus value based pricing, contracts, project scope, client expectations. And everything in between, it's all about the business of PHP. So I'm really looking forward to that one as a freelancer. Um, And if you have something you'd like to share about a topic um, that PHP PHP nerds care about, (laughs) you need to be on this panel. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter, and um, my Twitter handle is SammyK, or you can ping PHP Roundtable. Um, Always looking for topic ideas. So I'd like to thank you again, Fosco and Nathan, for joining us for the discussion, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Sammy. Take care. Thanks, guys. This is great. The PHP Roundtable is recorded live using Google Hangouts on Air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the Roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N.co. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.